we want to be superwoman, but there comes a point where we got to prioritize. If we prioritize, we can learn this thing. And if we learn this thing, then we can pass. Johanna, welcome to the You Are Lawyer podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and for having me today. Yeah, of course. So I was really excited to connect with you. You and I connected on Instagram. And are you still in Houston or is that where you're? Yeah. Okay. I live outside of Houston. Yeah. Okay. I went to law school in Baton Rouge. And so we used to always take I-10 over to Houston. And so I love talking to people in that area. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Johanna, would you tell the audience a little bit about what you're doing right now and where you went to law school? Yeah, of course. I am a bar exam coach now. I went to GW Law School in Washington, D.C., and I was in private practice for 15 years, and now <laughs> I am helping people pass the bar exam. I'm, I like working with people who failed the bar exam because that was my experience. I didn't pass the first time, so that's who I love to work with. Yeah. So did you narrow it down to only be repeat takers, or at first did you start with repeat takers and first-time takers? Yes, I started with both at first, and then little by little, as I'm finding my way, I'm getting uh, more specialized, but I do have people who are first-time takers reaching out, and of course, I help them also. Okay, all right, great. Most of my clients have a job, and they want to pass so that they get promoted to that position. I have had people who, after they passed, they got the job that they were looking to get, and then they ended up not liking it and are now looking for a job again. And so they call me and we, you know, I love uh, helping them and guiding them as much as I can. Okay. How do students find you when they're looking to take the bar bar exam again and when they need help? Yeah, they've been finding me on Instagram and on my LinkedIn. I have a website, uh, word of mouth. (laughs) Okay. And so do you work with students nationwide or only in Texas where you're located? I work nationwide on UBE mostly. Okay. Yes, because it's the same exam. So we we meet on Zoom and it's very easy. Yeah. So there are a number of law students that listen to the podcast. Would you explain the UBE bar exam that you work with? Yeah, it's two parts. It's a written and a multiple choice, 50-50, 50% written, 50% multiple choice. And my strategy for passing, I'm not very good at multiple choice. And multiple choice, I feel always, it's as if they pull the rug from under you every time. They're not reliable. It's a total crapshoot, in my opinion. And so after I failed the first time, I saw clearly that it would be easier for me to bump up my score on the written portion. And so even though it's 50-50, I do what I can on the multiple choice. I practice those consistently I, you know, you can't ignore them, obviously, because they're 50%. But then the strategy is to bump up your score with the written portion because it's more predictable. It's not graded by a computer. You have the power to craft and draft a high scoring answer. And that's something that a lot of people don't see because I feel the bar prep industry focuses a lot on the multiple choice. And so... 
it's easier for them, for the bar prep industry to keep you busy doing thousands of multiple choice questions than it is to teach you how to communicate effectively in writing, how to organize your answer, how to analyze facts, all that stuff that you have to do on the written portion. Um, I took the Louisiana bar exam. And so it is a different mm -hmm. exam because it's civil law. So yeah, I'm sure that is a completely different challenge when it's 50-50, like your score is weighted on these two big different tests that you're taking. So Johanna, you said that you decided to start helping other people based off of your experience of not passing the bar exam. What sparked you to say, I bet this could, I bet my experience could benefit somebody else? Yeah, great question, Kyla. I had, um, I was working as an immigration attorney for 15 years when the pandemic, the lockdown hit, and my boss's office closed for, you know, like a lot of offices. And so I was home with extra time on my hand, and it coincided with my niece in Massachusetts struggling to pass the bar exam. So I offered to help her just because I had extra time on my hands. Yeah. And pretty quickly, she was working at Liberty Mutual in-house counsel department. And her boss noticed and commented on her writing. Like, And her boss didn't even know that we had been working together on the essays and on the performance test. And I was already wanting to teach a legal research and writing class at the local law school here in Houston. Yeah. I had applied a month before the lockdown. I sent my resume and we were in the talks and then lockdown hit and I found another way of teaching. I was already wanting to teach, but now it was by helping my niece, helping her with the written portion of the bar exam. And that's how, as soon as I heard that, that her boss had noticed, I was like, oh, wow, I this guess I can help people. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. And then she passed it. And I just went from there. I never went back to my job. I was all, like I said, I already wanted to teach. Yeah. So it was in me. It wasn't, you know, it was something that I, I already wanted to do. So I'm bubbling up here, right? If you guys are watching the videos, I'm like, I want to I talk. Because I, <laughs> I know you're, I mean, you're supposed to listen and I am listening. In fact, interviewing helps me to listen and I got, I got the questions going. I read your biography. I read your questionnaire. I didn't realize you didn't start this right after taking the bar. You took the bar, practiced for 15 years, and started helping people. Okay, that's a whole nother, like, superwoman level. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. Well, because it, so either the experience was so profound that you're like, wow, let me make sure nobody else feels this again. You know what I yes, felt. Kyla, because it was my knees, it hit home. And I was like, she is, I saw myself in her. I was like, she is young. She's, she was like 28 at the, you know, at the time, a few years ago, she's smart. She's gone to great law schools and colleges, yet the bar prep industry still let her down. She had failed it twice. I'm like, there's no reason this young woman can't pass the bar exam. Yeah. And I thought to myself, 15 years later, and there's still a problem. I can do something about it. Wow. You see how worked up I got because yeah. it makes me so mad. It makes me really mad. Well, okay. So my initial question to you about how you felt was because I was depressed for a, a solid two years after I didn't pass the bar exam because I could not understand why I didn't pass. Not on a, a brain way, right? Kyla, you answer, your scores were tallied. You did not meet the mark. My head knows that. My heart said, you just learned this law for three years. 
and then you studied intensely for 12 weeks, what do you mean? It, it made it seem like all of that time was for nothing. And so I was in a really bad place for two years because I was just like, who am I if I'm not now an attorney? Why? Right. The whole title of this podcast was a mantra to myself. You are a lawyer. You studied the law. You are a lawyer. You are a lawyer. <laughs> right. You were practicing and had a whole thriving career. I, I love that. That's so good. Aww. Thank you, Kyla. But really, when I was working as an immigration attorney, I was supervising law clerks who were in law school, and I was helping them with their writing, just like someone had helped me when I was a paralegal and a law clerk for eight years. So I was a paralegal and a law clerk for eight years, and my mentors would old school redline my my writing, and that they taught me how to write. Yeah. So I was doing that same thing to the law clerks and the law clerks would say to me, oh, wow, this is going to help me on the bar exam. I didn't even, you know, I was just doing it as part of my job. Of my job. <laughs> and when they told me that, that's what got me to want to apply to teach the legal research and writing class at a local law school. And then that's when the pandemic hit and things went the other way. So it sort of fell on my lap, but it was naturally I was already helping the next generation of attorneys because, you know, people had helped me along the way. Yeah, it sounds like it was all preparation for you to get to where you are right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> listening to it, I'm like, yeah, it's like it was actual incremental steps for you to be like, I could, oh, I could teach them. Oh, it's working. Oh, I can teach someone else. Oh, now it's my niece. Um, You had that real life validation that, yeah, the system does work. So, yeah. And also the weird thing is that I passed the bar exam in three states, as you saw in my bio, mm -hmm. after not passing the first time. And I never really understood why. Like, why do, Why did I do that? <laughs> like, I moved... <laughs> I moved from D.C. to Florida and then from Florida to Texas when I met my husband. And even though I practiced immigration law, I still took the state mm -hmm. Florida exam. And then when I came here, even though I practiced federal law, I took the state Texas exam. And so now it's like, oh, this is why I took I didn't pass the first time and then took it three times. Yeah. It was all meant to happen this way. Yeah. And I really appreciate the fact that you do have the three licenses because, at least from my experience, when people become bar exam coaches, it's because they had a terrible experience with it. You had an experience that you didn't want, but then you went on to get receipts of you literally passing in three different states. And then you also were able to create this business out of the desire to serve other people, to serve your niece. And then it was able to snowball into helping other people, right? And so I like that because the whole focus doesn't even have to be the bar exam is terrible. Look, I failed. It's look at how I can help other people pass the bar. Yeah. And I grew as a person. I'm, and I don't mind saying failed because okay. there was a lot of shame in, in it, obviously. And now I'm at a point where I own it. Be just because I failed the exam doesn't mean that I'm a failure. Yeah. So I'm okay saying I failed. I, I failed it. <laughs> Um, doesn't mean I'm not smart enough. Doesn't mean I can't be an attorney. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Um, but I did grow as a person and I had to switch everything that I was doing and do the opposite and take care of myself and start meditating and start doing yoga and control manage my mind because a big um, part of not passing is not managing your mind. 
So it was definitely a growth opportunity. And I see that now it was a blessing, one of the biggest blessings in my life. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about when you were practicing in immigration law. Was immigration Mm -hmm. something that you were intending to practice in when you were in law school? Was that a big focus? No, not really. I I am from Nicaragua, so I went through the immigration process myself. During law school, I went to law school in the evenings, and I worked at this big firm in D.C., and my mentor would bring me into the immigration group and also into the international trade group. And as a paralegal and as a law clerk, I could do more substantive work in the immigration field. Okay. So then I could in the international trade law, the, you know, part of the firm. And so I just naturally developed, like I said, I was a law clerk and a paralegal for nine, eight years. Mm-hmm. So I got to do a lot of substantive work. By the time I went to law school and graduated, I was already well-versed in immigration. So it just happened. (laughs) Because, you know, as a paralegal, you don't want to get stuck doing the the filing work Mm -hmm. and the photocopies and the, you know, the mindless stuff. So this may help your listeners who do work um, in law firms to try to do as much substantive work as they can. Of course, the attorney has to sign off, but you can do a lot. Yeah. So how did you get the paralegal job, the law clerk job? Were you already thinking about law school at that time? Mm, I started in college. I started as an architecture major and I took I, I took one international law class. The rest was architecture and all that stuff. And as soon as I took that one international law class, I was like, this is for me. I cannot do architecture. I called my parents. I told them I'm not doing architecture anymore. I switched majors. And I was telling my son this um, last night, actually. And I was telling him to follow, to follow your heart. Like, I, I really believe that God gives you these passions and desires and talents the minute he puts you I told them the minute he put you in my belly you 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 have all these things with you and it's just a matter of you finding them and walking into them and aligning yourself with God's will for you is how I put it but that's basically what happened to me in college I had this architecture because you hear in high school you know go be a doctor, be an architect, be a lawyer, Mm -hmm. be, you know, all these things. And I was like, okay, architecture sounds good, but that wasn't really my passion and my innate talent and my, you know. Yeah. So once I found that one international class, I'm like, let's go. (laughs) Okay. I love that. That's very cool. So I'm, I like to use this podcast to like piece together the stories, right? Because I'm always, I'm really curious about the guests. I want to know like what sparked your interest. Um, so I love that architecture and then the international law course. And then you started as a paralegal and then that got you into the substantive work, which you fought for. Cause a lot of times people do use their paralegals like secretaries. So I like that you fought for the substantive work. Yeah. And, and to help you craft, I mean, you know, pull together that story even more again, tying it back when I was working as a paralegal, I was also tuning into my my passion, my desire, my talent, 
um, which is, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is a lot of people in the legal field are unhappy. I think partly because they're doing what I, I would have done with architecture. Like, yeah, I was getting good grades. Yeah, I could have become an architect, but that wasn't what God had for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was meant to be doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so when if you're doing something else, I think that's where a lot of the burnout and the unhappiness and the depression and the anxiety and the drinking and the drugs and all that stuff. Uh, when when you're not aligned with what you love to do and your innate talents and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, because if you're lucky, life is long, right? Even if you're here 40 years, you don't want that time to be spent just working to pay your bills. You want to be doing something you're passionate about, something you enjoy. Exactly, because you wake up every day and you have to work. Imagine waking up to work and doing something you love or waking up to work and hating your yeah. architect job. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so for everyone listening, especially if you're still in law school, we're not saying that life will be easy when you're doing something you're passionate about. It's just that the hard work is so much simpler to deal with because you're doing something you want to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Johanna, I want to talk about how would I become a bar prep student, right? So I find your website or I see you on Instagram and I sign up with you. What is your process like? You book a call with me. I love mm -hmm. talking, booking the strategy session with me because then I get to ask you all the questions, where you went to law school, what your scores were, what your goals are, what you did the last time that didn't work. And um, and then I tell you about my programs and then you decide to join and we work <laughs> together. I <laughs> okay. So yeah. is it like a customized package for every student? No, I have a group workshop. I'm okay. crazy in love with my group workshop. It's a two-day workshop, and that's where I teach my clients how to study properly, which is why if you didn't pass the bar exam, there's something going wrong in the in the process that you're using to study. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you're not smart. It doesn't mean you can't pass. It just means we need to tweak your study process. And that is very individual because everybody learns differently. Okay. So I teach you the concept of what to do. And then you do what's worked for you historically since kindergarten, because we all have a way of interpreting and processing complex into information and making it workable for our brains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we've been using that since we, since, like I said, since kindergarten through high school AP classes or college, hard, difficult classes we had in college, and then law school. And I think when we go into Barbary and our bar prep courses, not just Barbary, all of them, we abandon that because we start following their tasks, mm -hmm. their to-do list. Uh, then we end up doing completing the to-do list, but not learning the stuff that we needed to learn. Yeah, not learning and then typically not even passing the bar, which is why we're in your group session. Yeah. And then I teach them the IREC like a pro formula so they can really leverage, like I said at the beginning, leverage the written portion to their advantage. And that's what I love teaching. Um, and then I also teach work with them on mindset. Because like I said, I really do believe nine, my mindset is as high as 80, 90% of the game. Yeah. And I love this workshop because I also made it interactive. 
I realize that the younger generations learn differently. I can't expect them to learn the way that I learned. We are in a more distracted world. <laughs> we're more distracted than ever and we're busier than ever. Yeah. Okay. So we do have a few people who listen who don't go to law school. They're just interested in careers. So I want to explain IRAC is a formula or a format that they teach us in law school. And a lot of we use it for the bar exam as well, which is finding the issue, rule, analysis, and conclusion. So when Johanna said IRAC like a pro, that's what she's talking about for IRAC. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. The audience is like, like 40% law students about 35 practicing lawyers, and then the rest are just people that think careers are really fun. So, Oh. Yeah. And Kyla, I want to say one more thing, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. About the IRACing is that I thought I was going to teach communicating effectively in writing so they could have a well-written answer. But what I'm finding is that I'm also teaching how to think I think this is where a law schools and parenting, including me, I'm making a lot of decisions for my son. Mm -hmm. And so that deprives him of the opportunity to think. And he can go through life without thinking. Yeah. And <laughs> so when you are drafting an IRACing, what makes it where the magic comes in is when the reader, the bar exam grader, hears your original thoughts. Just like you, we're hearing your original thoughts on this podcast when you're tying together this story for the for the listener. Yeah. You're putting thought into it. You're not just hearing the words come out of my mouth, right? <laughs> and so that's a big part of of Iraqing like a pro mm -hmm. is thinking. <laughs> yeah. They want to exactly. see how you process the law. They want to see how you're going to analyze it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I have exactly. a uh, I have a two year old, and so we try to give her because she's a climber, so she'll climb up on a chair. And then our question is like, "What's your plan for getting down?" Not, "Oh my God, be careful!" <laughs> but we're like, "What's your plan for getting?" And you can see her, and she's like, "Am I going to jump right?" You can watch her processing it, and I was like, "Oh, I love yeah. that book! Like that was my favorite thing we read." Because um, we're trying to help her to make decisions because. I mean, well, for, I'm a lawyer, and so this is the way that I approach the world. Her dad is an engineer, so he's like that, too. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Seeing what you're describing with your daughter, I like seeing that in my workshops with my clients. I could see it. Like you said, mm -hmm. you could see it in their face when their brains are thinking and when it clicks and when they're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I got through law school without doing this. I can't believe nobody taught me how to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, because what I'm hearing when you're when you're saying that is it's a whole mindset shift, right? And I did not know about mindset. I think I just realized that was a thing last year. I was working with a personal finance coach and she was talking about mindset. And I was like, what does your mind have to do with money? And then I started getting into it. And I think the rigor of law school put me into a fixed mindset. I got here. I now have a JD. I've done it all. And then I get out and everybody I talk to is like, oh, no, you learned so much more after law school. Well, people didn't tell me that in school. I was like, here I am. And that was I think that's why the bar exam rocked me so hard, because I was like, but you just told me I could get here. So now what do I do? Right. And I was like on this abyss, like and then I slowly started realizing growth mindset is 
people don't have a limited amount of what they can learn. There's always more you can learn. And ever since I've started realizing that last November, it's like the world has opened up to me. I'm like, you you know what I mean? Like you weren't born knowing how to fly a plane. You, you learned that somewhere. But for some reason, my mind was just like, if you didn't pass the bar exam, it's just not meant for you to ever be a lawyer. I don't know where it came from, but like, I love that you're teaching that to your students, how they can change their mindset. Yeah, yeah you can learn anything. And you know, like I could go to med school technically, but <laughs> it would be hard because I'm not, that's not where my talents are, you know, but I could, mm-hmm. I could learn, I could probably graduate. I would probably not enjoy it the whole time, but I'm pretty sure I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was, that's another thing that I think is important. The fact that even getting to the point where you can say, I need help. I wish I knew someone where I could say, could you help me? Yes. And especially women. I think women as women, we struggle asking for help. I mean, I guess men do too, but women, we think we can do it all. We can be moms. We can go to law school. We can have a job. We can drive two hours a day back and forth and and then expect to pass. Mm-hmm. It's like we're su- we want to be superwoman, but there comes a point where we got to prioritize. If we prioritize, we can learn this thing. And if we learn this thing, then we can pass. Yeah. And once you pass, especially if you're working with Johanna, then you'll have all the skills in place, right? So that you can be that rock star associate. You know what I mean? Someone who all the partners are like, wow, you're so good with writing (laughs) because they were working with you and all of those foundational steps will serve them in the practice. Oh, thank you, Kyla. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things when my clients tell me that their bosses um, are using their work or one of my last clients, she said that her boss, this was before she found out that she passed, her boss said, this is how I want, this is like the template I want you guys to use. Mm-hmm. And she used, he used her work. Wow. So yeah, that's definitely one of the benefits. Oh, that's so cool. I love, I hope you have all these things in like a little brag book for yourself. <laughs> Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah, you should. Um, So, Johanna, one last thing here. Do you have any more advice for any new lawyers or law students about what they can do with their law degree? Anything. Like you said, I love (laughs) kind of what you say. You're a lawyer. You can do anything. It's really using your brain. You have a beautiful brain. You have creativity. You are so smart. Even if I don't know you, I know you're smart. I know you're creative. I know the sky is the limit. Um, Yeah, and I love seeing all these things that lawyers now are doing with their degrees. (laughs) You can do anything. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Johanna. I really appreciate this. You're so welcome. Thank you, Kyla. I love seeing you do your thing. Thank you. 